Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Chief Keith. Oh, I forgot to do the posse map. Whatever, it's good. <laughs> Just the two of us today, but we have the NFL draft. 32 picks have been completed in the first round. A couple of big names still left on the board in the second round. We pretty much watched the entire draft class last night, so minus the last eh, five or six picks, but we yeah. were, we've kind of had a good analysis, good opportunity to take a look at what's the future looking like. Including the first pick, but we're going to skip that for now because I don't want to. <laughs> no, I don't want, no, 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 I'm not no, allowed no. to skip that. All right, no, well, you're then. not allowed to skip that one. The Jags suck. <laughs> There's an immediate level of frustration. Um, the consensus first overall pick for at least majority of the last few weeks was Aiden Hutchinson, defensive end out of Michigan. Dominated this year. Should did he win the Heisman? I think he did. No. Was it Bryce? No, it wasn't. Oh, Bryce it was Bryce Young, Young but Hutchinson was the other finalist. Yeah. Right. Okay. Thank you. Hutchinson should have won it. Mm-hmm. He dominated this year at Michigan. He's had injuries that kind of hampered some early issues, so there was some concern on the Jacksonville front, but they draft Trayvon Walker out of Georgia, the projected ninth overall pick right out of the gates. Um, he only had nine and a half sacks in his four years at Georgia. This was a stone-cold stunner. Um in the beginning of the day, just like we saw with Baker Mayfield in 18, that was four years ago, it was starting to lean up towards the fact that we were going to see Trayvon Walker go number one. And uh, there's there's an immense level of disappointment because I, I – it's not that I don't like Walker. It's that an NFL combine, he's, he, he starred in the combine. He was unbelievable, ran a 4.640 for a guy of his size um, is insane. But the combine is overrated. The Combine has not told the story over the last few years. It's about what you can do on the field, not what you can do in a little draft prep practice. So I don't like this pick. I'm not sure how a non-Jags fan feels about it, so I want to get to you. How do you feel? Do you think this was anywhere close to the right pick? No. uh, I don't think it was the right pick. Aiden Hutchinson is obviously more dominant. And in this system in Jacksonville, you said that Trayvon Walker could potentially be playing nose tackle? He probably will be playing nose tackle, and he's what, 260? Trayvon Walker cannot play nose tackle. If he's playing nose tackle, that is a... He's going to get absolutely mauled. He's not... He's not Aaron Donald. He's not the size of a nose tackle that can play inside like that. He's an edge defender. He's a defensive end. That's why he has that 4-6 speed as a defensive end. Trayvon Walker definitely has potential to be good. That's why he was projected in the top 10. But to be the number one overall pick over, especially over Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, did you? we saw how quick the Lions put that pick in. Probably like. Not even two <laughs> minutes, I don't think. Minute like, they hit their clock hit, they, they, they called Hutchinson. They right knew. Away. And Aiden Hutchinson just, when you're drafting first overall to get a defensive end, you want someone that is just going after the quarterback get these sacks Trayvon Walker I he can he can do that but not anywhere close to the level Aiden Hutchinson can do I do think Trayvon Walker can do other things better such as maybe set the edge better than Aiden Hutchinson potentially but Aiden Hutchinson is a much better pass rusher and I just think Aiden Hutchinson's a lot more dominant and should have been the number one pick Aiden Hutchinson went second, as we said, to the Lions. Trayvon Walker was the third-ranked defensive end in this class. He was not even number two. And we'll get to number five shortly, but before we do that, I want to get to the corners. Three and four, Derek Stingley to the Texans from LSU. Dealt with injury issues. Otherwise, there was a legitimate chance he could have gone first. And then Sauce. Uh, Sauce Gardner, or better known as 
Well, I mean, he's better known as Sauce Gardner, but his name is Ahmad Gardner, Ahmad Gardner. Ahmad, I don't know how to say it. I, my ah, apologies. It's but Ahmad Gardner. He went like forth to the Jets. I, I said it uh, yesterday, and I'll repeat this here. I think Sauce comes out to be the best player in this draft class. Um, and the reason I think that is because he has tendencies to be an absolute elite corner who shuts down for many years. He's young still. He's never allowed a touchdown in his co- he never allowed a touchdown in his collegiate career, which unbelievable. He started like 40 plus games, never allowed a touchdown, never allowed a receiver over 100 yards. He is never not locked down. And the consistency to me, he is a top-tier player. He strikes me as a Jalen Ramsey in terms of the way he can just completely shut down coverage. The NFL draft comparison to him is Richard Sherman. I like that as well. I just don't think, and the reason why he went this low is he doesn't have a real good physical skill set the way that some of these other top corners like Derek Stingley have. So I really like the Sauce Gardner pick. Stingley's a great player too. A lot of people were surprised to see him go that early. I had him in my mocks going third. How do you feel about the two corners, and which one do you think it succeeds more? So I think both of them are terrific. I think both of them could have gone as high as they did. I think I didn't really expect Derek Stingley to go third. I thought he was maybe going to go more like the, I don't know, 5 to 10. But Derek Stingley is, I think he's more technical. He's a great press corner. Uh, he's got great speed, great physicality. He definitely reminds me of like a... AJ Terrell type of like he's not just someone that's gonna like interceptions don't tell the story while Derek Stingley does have good ball skills he's just absolute lockdown stay on the hip everything but with Sauce Gardner I think he has more potential I think oh I think at the end of the day I think he turns out to be the best corner because to have a corner that's six foot three and 190 pounds who is still developing, still getting stronger, still getting faster, is, I mean, that's scary to have. I mean, typically, when you have big receivers like back in the day, Julio, Megatron, these guys are like 6'3 to 6'5, and no corners really were able to guard them with the size that they have, the box-out ability that they had. But Sauce Gardner, with the size that he has, if he can develop his just skill overall with this frame that he has he can lock down anybody in the nfl really well said i agree with you and the last part i want to add on i think sauce gardner has the higher floor between him and stingley and the higher ceiling so i think there's a lot of potential uh i think the texans picked the guy that was better for their system and i think the jets went out with the better player Mm -hmm. all right now to the fifth pick and i want to put a little mini segment to to himself here this was, for majority of the season, your projected number one pick. He had injury issues at Oregon, and he fell down a little bit. But this is the guy, Kayvon Thibodeau at number five to the Giants. You're going to hear us talking a lot about the Giants in here because, man, did they play well. They they ran this draft class for at least the beginning portion. What is your reaction to Thibodeau being here, and how does this help the Giants? I mean... Giants just I mean bravo I mean phenomenal draft for them to go five and seven get the two players that they did to get I mean this guy could have went first overall for all we knew yeah honestly like Kayvon Thibodeau has so much potential I think he has definitely more potential than even than Trayvon Walker I think he can be as good as Aiden Hutchinson I think this guy is just 
I mean, because the guy's a beast. <laughs> like, he's so fast. Like, have you seen his explosiveness off of the snap, off of the line? It is like... His reaction time is insane. It's his... It's just... He locates the ball. He sheds offensive linemen like they're nothing. I mean, he just has great pass rush. And I think Thibodeau brings a great... He's just a great asset to a Giants defense that really, I think, needed an infusion of youth, I guess, on that defensive line, a good pass rush that they've needed. And I think... I just think it, just, it was a phenomenal pick for the Giants to, to get him here. The other man they chose at number seven that he uh, Keith was alluding to is Evan Neal, number one ranked old lineman. He ended up being the second one off the board uh, from Alabama. Another really good pick. They're the two picks they get out of this draft class. They get an A-plus draft grade, and uh, for good reason. Fantastic early round. They have an early pick here tonight as well in the second round where they can continue to build off of that. Um Real quick, because the offensive linemen are kind of the non... Oh, I don't want to say non-storylines, but there's not as much to talk about. Uh, Ikem Akwanwu, North Carolina, homegrown and raised, played in North Carolina State, then gets drafted by the Carolina Panthers. He went number six. And uh, Charles Cross of the Seattle Seahawks, now to the Seattle Seahawks, former Mississippi State O-lineman. He won O-lineman of the year last year in college. He went ninth overall. I just don't know if I like that pick for Seattle because I don't think he fits what they needed. I think they needed to either take a big shot at a quarterback. Even this high, I think, could have happened. Get another receiver weapon. There were still some on the board. I, I'm not a huge fan of how they, of who they picked. No, I'm not a huge fan of how they picked, but I'm a fan of who they picked. I think Cross is a great player. I just don't think he's right for their system. I think Seattle could have went with anything. I mean, they're kind of in the same boat, like, let's say, the pick before them, Atlanta. I think they obviously are rebuilding. Everybody knows that. Yeah. And I would say the one thing maybe that they didn't need was a receiver. I would say that'd be it. Maybe they could have taken – They love drafting receivers, though. That's they what do. they do. And they, they homegrow them, too. And I think – I think the position to get a tackle was fine, but – I just think they needed to take the best player available, and I don't think Charles Cross was the best player available. Agreed. All right, I'll let you talk about your uh, eighth pick here, Mr. Falcons fan. How do you feel? I know how you felt at the time, but how do you feel now? Uh, it's – okay, Drake London, I thought for sure we were going to take Garrett Wilson. Me too. But Drake London is 6'5", 220. Who does that remind you of? Julio Jones. Him. And Mike Evans. These are he has a huge frame. And as we've seen before, Falcons can very well use a big targets like they did with Kyle Pitts. We have a six five wide receiver outside, and we have a six six tight end inside. I mean that's I don't know how you're gonna be able to guard that, especially if Drake London can develop the way that I guess they think he can me personally I would have rather had Garrett Wilson I just think I think being an athlete more than having a big frame is more important we saw it with Jamar Chase last year and Drake London is good and I'm not mad at the pick I think he has a super high ceiling especially if he can I think his speed isn't exactly I think that's kind of the issue 
but if he can develop his route running, be a good red zone target, I think he definitely can pan out well. I would say my only concern is his just straight line speed, but if he can definitely get better at route running with that frame, he's going to be unstoppable. The first nine picks kind of all went to a certain extent how we expected. It was pretty quiet, and then hell broke loose. Starting at pick 10, everything broke out in the open. We're going to start with the receiver core, um, but there's a lot of twists and turns in there. So uh, Garrett Wilson, the man you mentioned that you thought was going to Atlanta, ended up going 10 to the Jets. Chris Olave, the other Ohio State receiver, goes 11 to the Saints. We'll get there in a minute. And Jamison Williams, 12, the Alabama receiver, went to the Lions. But not with a few twists. The Lions had pick 32, not pick 12. They move up 20 picks to select Jamison Williams. And the Saints didn't have pick 11. They had pick, I believe, 16. They had pick 16, and they moved up five to take who we thought at the time was nowhere close to a top three receiver. But good for them, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it was also at this time where we saw the trade of Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown, Lamar Jackson's number one man, traded to the Cardinals for their first-round pick. Floored. Uh, this was the first of two huge stunners. We'll get to the other here in just a moment. How stupid is this? It's so stupid. Why? Why? Well, you have a guy that has good chemistry with Lamar Jackson and Marcus. And Lamar was pissed. He went on Twitter and he expressed mm-hmm. his frustrations. He was not happy. Also remember, Lamar is on the final year of his contract. This does not bode well for contract situation. Is this something where we could see Lamar try and force his way out of Baltimore? I don't think Lamar's going to try and force his way out of Baltimore, but I think... If they don't fix this wide receiver re- receiver core, potentially in a few years we can see start seeing some frustration with the front office. And maybe well, he's on the last year of his contract. He can get the hell out of here right now if he wants. That is true. So I, I think you have a guy that has good chemistry already. Marquise Brown, yes, he had drop issues, but he is just a, he's a deep threat. He with Mark Andrews to get everything under. And Marquise Brown to take the top off of a defense. Why get rid of that type of chemistry? I don't know. Yeah. I'm really surprised by that. Um, We're going to see what happens there. Uh, Marquise Brown slots in as a wide receiver two now with Kyler Murray, making them the most broken Madden team ever. But, I mean, oh, my God, quit on the screen. (laughs) But the other thing I want to mention is it was around this time as well where at every pick we were convinced this man was getting taken off the boards and he didn't get taken off the boards. It was Kyle Hamilton. Oh, yeah. He fell so far. He was projected 4th, 5th. We're sitting here at 12 or 13 thinking everybody's trading up to get this guy. No, they didn't. If there was any silver lining for Baltimore last night, it was they stole Kyle Hamilton in 14. I mean, they got an absolute snag. Um, so good for them, but I'm still really confused by that trade last Their night. Their defense got a lot better. Their offense just got a lot worse. That's Well said. <laughs> well, very well said. Back to the other three receivers real quick. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jamison Williams. Who do you think becomes the best of the three in I the think, future? I think Jamison Williams. Um, I think Chris, I think Garrett I, – I don't even know why the Saints took Chris Olave where they did. Uh, I don't either. I'm, I mean, Chris Olave's good. He was definitely – I think Chris Olave can be good. 
I think he was a mid to late first round pick. I don't know why they took him at eleven and traded up to get him. I had the, c- I had the Saints taking Olave at nineteen with their second yeah, pick. They could have taken him. They could have. He probably could have still been there. I mean, would, he would have still been there. Uh, well, uh, Washington was there though. They could have potentially. Here's taken the other him. thing too is, I mean, receivers flew. Oh yeah. They went off the boards way faster than we thought, and uh, yeah, we're kind of stuck in that situation right now. We're looking wow. And that's what we saw. Um, then there's the other guy who completed the fourth straight trade, which, by the way, has never happened in NFL draft history. It's never happened where there's three straight. We got four. We got big body Jordan Davis. I love that guy. I, I love, love him. Davis. That was an awesome pick in Philadelphia. Kept racking up W's last night. Do they still have Fletcher Cox? They do. <laughs> they run a 4-3, and wow. you're going to run Jordan Davis and Fletcher Cox with Brandon Graham on the right edge and Javon Hargrave on the left. This team is unreal. I mean, if they can get his conditioning right. and If he, they can get him to drop 20 pounds. Yeah, if they can get him to drop weight, get more endurance, because as we saw the – Jordan Davis was an absolute monster, though. I think the one issue with him was inconsistent pass rush um, effort, and he definitely was – you could see when he was tired. So if they can get him to drop that weight, be have consistent effort on every play, I mean, this guy could end up being the best player in the draft. I agree. He could be really, really good, and Philadelphia loves fitting these systems with the big defensive tackles. This could work out well. But it wasn't the biggest move the Eagles made last night. And hence the second big trade, and the one that makes zero sense at all. With the 18th pick the Eagles had, they get a call from Tennessee Titans head coach Mike Vrabel offering superstar receiver A.J. Brown. What? And they took him. So, A.J. Brown now to Philadelphia. What is the, Yeah, I don't know what that what was. What is Tennessee doing? I don't know. And with the 18th pick, the Titans took the sixth receiver off the board in Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. So let's trade better receivers for worse. Um, and okay. also the other receiver, real quick, 16. You were talking about Washington. They drafted the fifth man, Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. So we had six receivers off the board at 18. What is this impact for both the Eagles and the Titans? Okay, well, the Eagles, it's obvious, just playoff, like, contenders immediately i mean if jalen hurts finally has someone to throw the ball to besides Devonte smith and jalen rager <laughs> and jj arcega whiteside and dallas got it to free agent he's probably gone yeah. but i just it's fantastic move by the eagles stupid by the titans they basically they literally just traded aj brown and then just drafted a worse version of him I mean, his really comparison bad, was yeah. literally A.J. Brown. They're the biggest losers of the night, 100%. Like, um, it's stupid, dude. I don't, I don't know what they're doing. Why? Like, A.J. Brown, the fan base loved him. He obviously he was a superstar. Yes, he wanted a lot of money, but when you have someone that good, I mean, you have to pay, you have to pay them. Like, you don't just trade them and then draft a worse version of them. <laughs> Titans were only offering A.J. Brown $64 million over four years, which is just abysmal. Uh, He requested a trade in private over the last couple of weeks. They've been trying to shop him. Eagles said they would sign all of his money. They'd take all of his money. Uh, They signed him to a four-year, $105 million extension last night. 
And so now he's the third highest paid receiver in the NFL behind Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill. Good for him. He made the bag, and he, he got what he deserved. Uh, great money. Um, and the Eagles, I think, are the third biggest winner of the night. I, nah, I think I think they're one of the biggest winners of the night. Mm-hmm. They won. The Giants won. And I'm going to skip a little bit because I want to talk about this next team. The Jets won. Oh, absolutely. The Jets got three top ten players. Absolutely. And the third one they took was at 26. How did he fall? Me so- and you kept talking about him. We were stunned. Every pick we were convinced everybody was trading up for Jermaine Johnson, and they never did. I mean, let's just l- look at this here. So he overall rank was fourteen. He was proje- f- he was projected to go ten. He was the fourth ranked defensive end. This guy is six five two fifty. He's long, good first step. How he has a ninety two? Yeah, this is ninety two grade like. Lewis Riddick said last night, ESPN's top commentator, when I got home, because they picked him while I was watching this, and they said, the biggest mistake of the night was letting Jermaine Johnson fall 15 spots further than he ever should have in any place ever. And I agree. The Jets won the draft. Last night, they picked, in my opinion, who I think is going to be the best player in this class, Sauce Gardner. I think they picked the best receiver in Garrett Wilson, and I think they picked the third best defensive end in Jermaine Johnson. I... Part of me would Wait, rather. Part of me would have rather had him than Trayvon. Really? Yeah. Wait, you ha- do you have Jermaine Johnson over Trayvon Walker? Because you have in Aiden terms Hutchinson. of in terms of skill, I think so. I think Jermaine Johnson k- turns out to be the more successful player, and that's the other reason that makes me so disappointed in this franchise. <laughs> hey, but well, look yeah, at the next I mean, pick that up. you guys got, though. Yeah, we'll get there too. Uh, I'm pleased with our 27th pick, and while we're on it, we might as well just do it. Devin Lloyd, Jacksonville Jaguars' new inside linebacker after we got rid of Miles Jack, replaced him with a younger, not-as-good version, but still. <laughs> it it gets us in the right place. And so I'm happy with Devin Lloyd, and he threw up the commissioner, so good for you, I guess. <laughs> All right, we're going to zoom through a, a couple of the picks we didn't mention. 15, the Texans, their second pick on the board. They took offensive lineman Kenyon Green, a projected second-rounder out of Texas A&M. They mm. saw something in him that I, I, I guess I didn't. So um, this guy, he's position rank. He's the best guard in the draft, apparently. He yeah, but he was also 20, 26. Yeah, he was 26. So they reached a little bit. but You reached. <laughs> they, they, they reached a little bit. But, I mean, is it really the worst idea? When you've got Davis Mills, a guy who has a lot of potential to be good, who no one saw coming last year. A guy who definitely showed a lot of potential. Is it a worse? Is it a bad idea to get a guy to protect him? I mean, I don't no, think no. And a bad th- this idea. is the other thing that they mentioned too. He's a day one starter. Yeah. He's gonna start right away. And so good pick. I, you fitted your needs. Mm-hmm. Um, Zion Johnson, the other guard taken at seventeen. I don't like as much because he's not as big and he needs to gain some some muscle weight. Needs to gain some overall weight. Um, he's kind of small, uh, but he's very mobile. He might start day one. Depends on what kind of reinforcements they sign in the offensive line still. There's a lot of guys still out there. But I, I'm okay with this pick. Well, I don't know how – I mean, the guy's 6'3", 312. For, for guard, you want a little bit more muscle mass than 312. You just do. Yeah. Because you look at him and he's kind of – it's not built in the arms. It's built in everything well, else. Well, that's what you want. Right. So we'll see. I mean, we'll see. I, he, he, I'm sure he's going to put weight on in the offseason. Yeah, his overall rank was right around the late 20s, early 30s. And then the other offensive lineman taken at this spot was Trevor Penning at 19. The Saints traded up to get him Wait, for whatever reason. No, God help the, him. Uh, that was the 19th pick. I thought they had the 19th. Oh, that's right. They had the 19th. That's right. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know why they did that, but good for them. Good for them, I guess. Penning will be interesting. He's a Teron Armstead replacement, but I've never well, really saw anything. His overall him. rank was 17. Uh, he's the fourth ranked tackle. 91 grade. I mean, they got 6'7", 325, so he's literally, he's big dude. But no big competition. You play in Northern Iowa, you're not even in the FBS. So there's a lot of concerns, especially for an that offensive lineman when you translate that. that okay, now to the storyline, because I think this is, this was the pick. At number 20, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Kenny Pickett, the first quarterback off the board. How do we feel? Do we think this was the right pick? I... Don't know. <laughs> I think they could have won either way, regardless. Um, looking at Malik Willis, I mean, we have to talk about him eventually at some point. I mean, the well, guy, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll do that <laughs> after this here. So, Kenny Pickett, they're two very different types of players. Kenny Pickett, a lot of people were concerned about his small hands and oh no, love. I. I mean, people said the same thing about Joe Burrow, and look what happened to him. He's doing just fine. Yeah, just yeah, just a little. He's, he's doing all right. And Kenny Pickett is mobile. I think that's what you want out of a rookie quarterback. I think a lot of it had to do with him being Pittsburgh, staying home. I think Mike Tomlin, I think he's a big character guy, and I think it's – Okay, Malik Willis has a lot of talent, but he was not – you would not look at Malik Willis's stats and be like, this guy's a first-round draft pick. This guy's a first – this guy's the best quarterback in this class. He's Lamar Jackson 2.0. Yeah, that's what I would say. Like, his stats – this guy's got a lot of talent, but he's – I think his – I don't know if Malik Willis is NFL-ready. Kenny Pickett, I think, can start day one if they needed him to. Much. It's going to be a competition between him and Mitchell Trubisky. But I think Malik Willis is a project. Kenny Pickett is someone that you can use right now. I really like that. that that's well said. Um, all right. Real quick here, a couple other guys. I want to talk about the other corners, but the linebackers, I don't really care about. I'm sorry. Um, another Georgia defensive player. This is becoming a theme. Uh, 22, the Packers select Quay Walker. Yeah, they really, and then uh, with their 28th pick, they pick, oh, look, another Georgia defensive player, um, Devontae Wyatt. Did the Packers fail? Yes. Good enough. <laughs> uh, all right. Then the other project pick is Tulsa's offensive lineman, Tyler Smith. I believe his projected rank was, yeah, second rounder. Um, most penalized player in all of Division One college football last year. Oh, that sounds like someone the Cowboys would draft. Yes, it is. He's a Lyle Collins replacement. He's going to start day one. I just don't like the pick because I don't think he's that good. Um, Ravens got another good pick, and as much as they lost Marquise Brown, they made up for their two picks. Tyler Linderbaum, if it wasn't for the injury in the combine, many people thought he could go top 10, even top 5. So to see him fall this far and to get a nice pick here, Ravens did well. Um... Trent McDuffie, uh, Washington corner. Chiefs moved up to get this man, so they see something in him. He, eh, I don't see anything in him, but, you know. Okay, so. He's going to start probably day one. I think he, he's got a high ceiling, I think. This guy's quick. Like, this guy is quick. Yeah. And I'm not just talking about straight line speed. I'm talking about opening his hips, turning up field, 
staying on the receiver's hip. He is quick. He can stay with anybody. Ran he's a four got, five forty, one of the top in the class for the corners. He's a fast man. I think he's he's smart. He shows he's got good pattern recognition and he's got he stays disciplined in zone defense. And what do the Chiefs like to do? Stay disciplined in zone defense. Yeah. No, they're a good zone defensive team and they don't really like to press man to man, so uh, McDuffie's a good pick for their system. Uh, they definitely saw something in him because they moved up big time to get him. And I think he he's not exactly a ball hawk, and, but when you look at who their safety is, Justin Reed, he is a ball hawk. <laughs> so I think kind of equals out a little bit. So I think he's got good coverage. Got to work on ball skills, but I think he's got potential to be good. Up next is Buffalo. They have Tredavious White, one of the league's top corners. I would say the best safety duo in all of football with Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. The one thing they were missing was that elite second corner. They draft Kair Alam out of Florida. They traded up to get him. Oh, look, another trade! <laughs> um, but they draft, they traded up to get him. He's going to start day one, I think, alongside uh, Tredavious White. Is this Bill's secondary legitimately good enough to get them to a Super Bowl contention spot this season? Oh, abs- I mean, absolutely. you got Tredavious White, and then, as you said, probably the best safety duo in the NFL. And this, he's, so, Elam is 6'2". He's big. For a corner, he's, a yeah, corner, he's, he's, he's pretty big. big. And I think he's got... He's fast. He's got good straight line speed. He has to develop, but he's quick, and he's big. He's got good frame, a lot of potential. He's he's a little handsy. I guess penalties could be a concern, but I think you clean some of the stuff up, I think he definitely could be good. And I think that secondary is no joke. That Buffalo defense in general. Buffalo in, no, is in general – is just going to be no joke next year, especially with how much your defense is improving. Agreed. Um, so there's only four picks remaining. The 29th pick was pretty, uh, I like to say it was pretty strange. Uh, yeah, I had to do it. Cole Strange, projected third-round pick. Patriots, God bless your soul. Um, Bill Belichick knows what he's doing, so this guy will probably be an all-pro god-tier offensive lineman that we talk about for the next 15 years. Um, then at 30, Chiefs get another good one. George Carl Aftis out of Purdue, another really good defensive end. This draft class was loaded in the pass rush, and uh, this was another guy that I saw going r- earlier than he did. Um, this was a really good pick. I like Carl Aftis a lot. He was an absolute beast in West Lafayette, Purdue last year, and uh, I have full confidence that he is going to slot in very well and be very successful with the Chiefs day one. The guy's a bull. He's literally – he's – he's uh what you would call an old-fashioned defensive end. The guy's literally just going to put his head down and run through you to get to the quarterback. I mean, the guy He's guy's, 266. Oh, my God. Yeah. For a defensive end, that's insane. I mean, this guy... So his NFL comparison is Trey Hendrickson. How do you feel about that? I don't know if I agree with that because Carl Aftis is more... He's a defensive lineman in a defensive end's body where I don't feel that way for Hendrickson because he's more of a swim pass... Kind of swim rush kind of guy, where I mean, like you said, Carl Aftis will literally just bull rush you. Yeah. So I'm, again, I think their skill sets are very similar, are, are not very similar, but I could see them having the same amount of success at some point in their careers. Speaking of Trey Hendrickson, 
Oh, wait. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no. Then there's the Bengals. <laughs> the Bengals, yeah. The last two picks. Daxton Hill, I believe, was projected to go like 15, 16, yeah, 18. Bengals get a steal here to put him alongside Jesse Bates in their secondary. Jack Daxton Hill, Michigan safety, goes 31 to the Bengals. And then the Vikings, who traded down 20 spots in this draft. After with the Lions, they got a lot of second-round, third-round compensation. They take Lewis Seen. Oh, look, another Georgia defensive player. Um, how many were there? But uh, yeah, very successful draft class for the Georgia Bulldogs. Vikings get a solid safety, but I don't think he's gonna start right away. Yeah, I mean they still have Harrison Smith, so but I think he's to, he's gonna learn from Harrison Smith, and I think he'll learn fast. Yeah, and he's he's literally Harrison Smith. I mean the guys just run support, <laughs> and Agreed. he hits hard. We saw history last night. 32 picks were made. Only 23 teams. 22 teams made a first-round pick. The Cardinals and the Bucks joined the eight teams who already didn't have a first-round selection. Ten teams didn't pick in the first round. That's crazy. Um... Buccaneers traded down. They have the first pick tonight because they traded with Jacksonville. <laughs> Florida teams know how to trade. Um, then Arizona obviously got Marquise Brown, and now they don't have a pick until 55. <laughs> Fun. Um, Bears didn't pick. Dolphins didn't pick. God, the Bears not having a first-round pick is just tragic. Colts didn't have a pick. Rams didn't have a pick. Help me out. Let's keep going through this list. Um, Browns had a pick. No, no, Browns did not have. Browns a pick. did not have a pick. Um, Raiders didn't have a pick. There's two teams left who Dol didn't have a pick. Dolphins. I already said the Dolphins. Oh. Niners didn't have a pick, and the Broncos didn't have a pick. Okay. Everybody has a uh, yeah. The Raiders are the only team without a pick in the first two rounds. Actually, no, the Rams don't either. Rams and Raiders both don't have picks until the third round. Actually. Sorry, Rams don't have a pick until the fourth round, and the Raiders do not have a pick until the third, and the Raiders are hosting the draft. So, um, Sean McVay doesn't go to work with this Rams team until Saturday, uh, which is interesting to me, but they've gotten a lot of big steals with their late-round draft picks in recent years. Cooper Cup, Cam Akers, yeah, they've worked out pretty well. Um, and for the Titans, this is another thing I kind of thought about, too, is Robert Woods now immediately is your number one receiver. And so you kind of forgot he you oh, forgot wait. he existed. Wait, the Titans? Titans got oh, Robert Woods. I forgot about that. So now he's the number one receiver, uh, and as he's getting older, he might be getting better. So yeah. there's a lot of intrigue here for this, for these teams. Uh, which team? Final question: Which team got uh, made the most improvements last night, and which team fell back the furthest? Okay, so I have two tied that made. The biggest improvement. I can't pick between the two because it's just they both did fantastic, and that's I think the obvious answer: the Giants and the Jets. Uh, to for the Giants to get to improve as much as they did on both sides of the ball on the line is phenomenal for them. I think you have to build up front, especially. I think that's been part of the trouble with Saquon his injury or or not his injury, but just his production he Saquon I definitely think this can help I don't know 
if Saquon can get back to the obviously prime Saquon, but I think drafting a guy like Evan Neal certainly is going to help. Kayvon Thibodeau is, I mean, like I said, I, I love Kayvon Thibodeau. I think he his stats don't jump out at you, but his skill set does. Well said. And then the Jets, obviously, I mean, they got three top, three ten, players. top ten players, and they picked at uh, 4, 10, and 26. That is, I mean, you improve on both sides of the ball, getting Sauce Gardner and getting Jermaine Johnson on defense and to get Garrett Wilson, who, in my opinion, is the best receiver in this draft. I mean, Zach Wilson, no more excuses. Jets, no more excuses. You guys have talent now for once. And I think both of those teams had a phenomenal draft. Now, in terms of who lost the draft, I'm sorry, Matthew. I think Jags... Well, I don't want to say they had the worst draft, but I'm only saying the Jags right now because when you have the first overall pick, you have to take the best player in this draft, and they did not do that. Agreed. Um, I'm going to say biggest winners. I'm going to say two, and because you said Jets and Giants, which are my two, by the way, I'm going to flip it. I think the Jets were better than the Giants because of what they got. I'm going to say the Eagles because they got A.J. Brown and Jordan Davis. You oh, won. Yeah. Congratulations. Here's your trophy. Um, Eagles are going to win the NFC East next year. I'm calling it right now. This is this team has beaten the Cowboys. The Cowboys got nothing. I'm sorry. Um, and your two biggest losers from last night, the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans, 100%. What are you doing? Yep. And the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals mm. didn't draft. Oh, sorry. Arizona Cardinals. What am I talking about? Back it up, kids. Yeah, what are you the two biggest about? losers are the Tennessee Titans. Hmm. No, nah, nah, that's it. That, that, they, it's only the Titans. They <laughs> the completely Titans. failed. Well, uh, no, I will say the Packers. Ooh, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you. And Packers also, yeah. also, I mean. Instead of getting Aaron Rodgers wide receiver help, they draft two Georgia defensive players, which, again, they didn't need. Yeah, um, I, I just, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, did you see what he said on the Pat McAfee show? He said he signed back with the assumption that Devontae Adams was going to be there when he said a month ago that he thought he was gone. Yep. So you lied. And they, I mean, I guess I guess I can kind of see where the Packers are coming from because Christian Watson, Sky Moore, those are two guys that can go in the second round, but they don't pick when's their next pick. They're, they're going to be gone by the time they yeah, have a pick. Yeah, like the Bears 100% will most likely take one of the two. If Sky Moore fits as a Bears player. Yeah, I think Bears will definitely take one, and someone else is bound to take Christian Watson by the time the Packers pick. So I just I think the Packers just they messed up without taking Christian Watson. Final question. The biggest uh, name on the board still left is Malik Willis. Yeah. Look at this draft board. Where does he go? Let me take a look here. Your first ten picks tonight are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Minnesota Vikings, Tennessee Titans, New York Giants, Houston Texans, New York Jets. Yeah, no. Chicago Bears, Seattle Seahawks, Seattle Seahawks, yeah. and the Indianapolis, <laughs> Indianapolis Colts. All right. Um, take your pick. Okay. Who do the Colts have again? What do you mean? As a quarterback? Yeah, I forget. Oh, Matt Ryan. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. All right. Um, 
do he, does he go in any of these ten picks? Or do you think he falls he, a little I, further? He has to. I don't think the Giants declined Daniel Jones' fifth-year offer. This is it for him. If he does not perform, he's gone. Malik Willis has a chance to sit back a year. He's not ready to start in the NFL this year. Daniel Jones will be the starter. But if he is still there, I think the Giants take a, take the chance, draft Malik Willis, have him sit a year. I guess Daniel Jones is not the best person to learn from, but he gets a year to sit back, get experience in the NFL, start the next year because he's not NFL ready this year. With the 43rd pick in the NFL draft, the Atlanta Falcons select Malik Willis. I would not be mad at that, but there's no shot he falls to us. I think he does. I don't know. I think you look at it, it's how a lot of these teams left. The other guy that's still here is N'Kobe Dean, the third best Georgia player in the draft, and he didn't go yet, and five of them did. So he's gonna go. I think he's the. I think he's the Bucks pick. I think pretty much locked in stone yeah. today, but. I think with the I, I think it's time. I think Malik Willis is the second coming here. I think Atlanta is going to move on with him and Marcus Mariota is like an older version of him, so we can learn from him. And then after Week Four, steal a starting job. Um, I do. I believe that. I think that's where this is going. So I think regardless of what happens, we're not making the playoffs this year. This is a bridge year. And Agreed. So I think we could definitely take Malik Willis, but I think if Nicobe Dean, David Ajabo. Ajabo's still on the board. Yes, I think if we can get a pass rusher like that, I would absolutely love that. Or, uh, let's say Christian Watson. Sky Moore take another receiver. Okay. But Malik Willis, I would not be mad if we took Malik Willis in the second round. I just did not want us to take him in the first round. We needed to take the best player available, which... I don't think we really did, but we got a receiver who's got a lot of potential. And Malik Willis, he's not going to start next year no matter what. It's a bridge year. We're not making the playoffs next year, but I think we definitely could take him. I don't think he's going to fall to us, though. We will close the evening here, or the morning. I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) With the top five players left at all of the offensive positions and how many of them we think have a chance of going tonight. Starting at quarterback, Malik Willis is number one. Desmond Ritter is now above Matt Corral. I don't know how I feel about that, but he's number two. Matt Corral is number three out of Ole Miss. North Carolina's Sam Howell, who, by the way, I think is just going to be god-awful, is fourth. I think the guy behind him is going to be better, Carson Strong, Nevada. That's your top five. Who here, how many of these five do you think get drafted tonight? Remember, tonight is rounds two and three. I think... Mm, I only think one gets drafted. In rounds two and three? Yeah. You think Matt Corral falls to the fourth round? Matt Corral's draft stock has been falling like crazy. Have you seen? He's getting drafted tonight. So is Desmond Ritter. I'm going to say four of these guys get drafted tonight. I'm going to go Malik, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, Matt Corral all go round two. Sam Howell goes round three. Wait, what, so it's just two and three tonight, right? Yeah, 100, 100 okay. players will be drafted by the end of the night. Well, okay, so Malik Willis is going to go in the second round, no doubt. Um, I guess Matt Corral and Sam Desmond Ritter and Matt Corral. Yeah, I can. I think three of them go. I don't think How Howell, man, is dropping, dropping. I don't think Howell or Carson Strong get drafted until day three, but I think obviously Malik Willis is going to go tonight. And then Matt Corral, and then Desmond Ritter. I think. I think even if Malik Willis doesn't fall to the Falcons, I think if we get Nicobe Dean or David Ajabo 
in the second round. I think third pick, if Matt Corral or Desmond Ritter are still there, I think we take them. Top five picks left in the running back category. Oh, wait. It's all of them. <laughs> no running backs went in the first round for the first time in the common draft era. No first round running backs. Here are the five. Brees Hall, projected mid-first rounder, has fallen to this point. He's going to be one of the first off the board tonight. He's an Iowa State stud. Kenny Walker, the Michigan State stud running back, is number two. Georgia's running back, James Cook, is number three. C.J. Spiller's younger brother, Isaiah Spiller, number four from A&M. And Brian Robinson Jr. from Alabama, number five. I think all five go tonight. I'm intrigued to see where they go. Buffalo is in the need for a running back, and they've already said they're interested in training up to see if they can get somebody. That's a good class of running backs. I'm stunned none of them went at the first round. I kind of, I think, was expecting this. Um, I think running backs are so replaceable where, obviously, I don't think any of them were as good as, like, a Najee Harrison look where he went last year, late first. So, I think... They all go tonight, I think, or at least most of them. Brees Hall going to be one of the first picks. Uh, who are the first five picks tonight? Uh, the first five picks team-wise are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Minnesota Vikings, Tennessee Titans, New York Giants, and then another Houston Texans pick. I think the Houston Texans take Brees Hall. I would love that. Because who is their running back right now? <laughs> David Johnson. Rexy! I think they need to be able to run the ball. The Houston Texans last year literally could not do anything. They tried to run the ball as much as they could. They have no good running backs. They need someone that they can just give the ball to. Top five wide receivers. We were talking about this. There are still four first-rounders in this receiver class here. That's how good this class is of receivers. Christian Watson and Sky Moore we've talked a lot about, so we're just going to say they're 1-2 easy. They were projected first-rounders. We'll see where they go tonight. John Mechie, another Alabama receiver. He's fantastic. He's going to go somewhere where he's a steal. And then George Pickens. Yeah. George Pickens is number four. Off the field issues, he was a projected first-rounder. Now he's projected third. So Whoever gets him is going to get a steal as well. Yeah, because look at what happened last year. Micah Parsons, everyone was concerned about his off-the-field issues. Look what he did in Dallas. I haven't heard anything about off-the-field issues ever since he got to Dallas. And now you jinxed him. But number five, there is a huge drop after Pickens. But number five is Alec Pierce, Cincinnati receiver. He was really good. He kind of helped them make the CFP. But he's a projected fourth-rounder. So we're seeing these four guys are probably going to go early second round. And then Alec Pierce, you're not going to see a receiver after Pickens for a while. Um, Tight ends. There's actually a guy in here that many think is the next big thing. I'm only going to talk about him real quick because everybody else is projected fourth round. It's Trey McBride out of Colorado State. Many think he is the next big thing. It's just the tight end position is dying, so they're bringing it. He's just not as high of a priority, but he's a huge name. I'm surprised he has not seen the light of day yet. He is currently in in Mel's top five best available, but I think he's going to slip quite a bit here still. I think he's a mid-late first round. Well, Second round, sorry. Yeah, I th- he's I think only one tight end goes tonight, and I think that's going to be him. Just tight ends, just I think very. I don't think anyone's going to waste a pick on a tight end unless if you know for sure. It's not like Kyle Pitts last year. Trey, uh, Trey McBride, I think definitely has potential. It's a tight end. You're not going to take him that early though. I think he gets drafted tonight, but I don't think any of the rest of them do. All right, 
Top five best defensive players available were all projected first rounders, so let's go through them. N'Kobe Dean from Georgia. He was projected to go 15. Whoever gets him tonight is going to celebrate. Uh, Andrew Booth, he's also been considered one of the top corners from Clemson. Um, surprised he hasn't been off the board. He'll go off pretty fast. Arnold Ebiquete from Penn State. Yes, they learned how to pronounce that from Mike Greenberg. Shout out, Greeny. Um, really, really good defensive end. He's the first, he's the last of the really good DNs, and then there's a big drop-off. David Ajabo, you talked about him from Michigan. I'm waiting to see him come off this board. And then lastly, the other man, the final man in the green room last night, Kyler Gordon, Washington corner. He was also a projected late first rounder. We have not seen him yet either. Um, so we're looking at another good night. This is what the draft class was talked yeah. about. It was not top heavy, it's not, yeah, but it's deep. It's deep. It's deep. This is why I'm the Falcons. So I'm just, I'm just going to go back to the Falcons. You're good. Quick. Don't go for so, it. Absolutely. I we traded Matt Ryan for two thirds. We're st- don't think that was enough, but I am so I'm so glad that it was for this draft because the amount of picks we have from second to like sixth, this draft is deep, and I and think there the are perfect a lot of guys left. This is the perfect draft to have a lot of later picks because it is so deep and full of so much talent. If we can get like David Ajabo, Nicobe Dean tonight, I will be ecstatic. Here's your fun and sad fact of the night, too, on my team, because, you know, I love to jags things. This is the first round we do not have a pick in since 2018. I just want to let that sink in. We have had a pick in every round of every draft since 2008, since the second round of 18. That's sad. Like, we traded our uh, 33rd pick to Tampa Bay to move up to take our second first round pick. Um, but yeah, we have nobody. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to congratulate me and Keith for the longest podcast in history. But it goes to show how much we care, I think, about this stuff. And uh, oh, wow. it's been really, really enjoyable. Thank you so much for doing this with me. I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, this has been awesome. Uh, we're not going to recap second and third rounds. We just encourage you to keep up with the information because there's a lot of good picks still on the board. Second and third round coverages tonight on ESPN and NFL Network starting at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, and will go into the late hours of the evening. Hope you tune in because it's going to be one hell of a night. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of the podcast. Have a good one. Peace. Ah!